Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Talk Tuners. We are here today with a bit of a special episode. Hope everyone's doing well and hope we're having a good summer. As usual, I'm Stephanie Myers. Hey, hey, I'm Stephanie Benya. We're both really excited because today we are joined by our longtime friend, Ken Partridge. Um, Ken! Hey, what's up, guys? Thrilled and we're raising the roof. And he's written a book that we'd really recommend if you're looking for some great summer music reading, as I literally always am. He has his book, Hell of a Hat, The Rise of 90s Ska and Swing. It's released by Penn State University Press on September 21st. Ken, welcome and congratulations. Welcome hey, thank you so much for having me, you guys. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, this is, this is uh, super fun to catch up with you guys because, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've like all been in the same place at the same time. You guys both, you know, both both that uh, were here at one point in I'm in uh, New York yeah. City, and you've uh, moved on to other places. So yeah, this is nice. It's like a little uh, reunion of sorts. It is. It is. I love it. I love it. And um, yeah, congratulations. What an accomplishment, man. I, mean, oh, I always you. knew. I always knew. We were back in the day. I'm like, man, I was all being music nerds. That you were gonna write something. <laughs> I knew it was gonna happen. Uh, well, thank you. Um, thank it, you. It's, it's great. I can't wait to uh, read it. So. Thank all right. You. Um, all right. Let's get started, y'all. So tell me, Ken, what made you write Hell of a Cat? Can you talk a little bit about your ska fandom? Uh, yeah. Um, I sort of wanted to write the book just because I felt this was a, you know, moment in um, in, a, in a pop culture that had not really been uh, discussed in, you know, book form. Yeah. You know, people think about the, the uh, 90s and there was like, you know, grunge, obviously, and, you know, gangster rap. Mm-hmm. And like those things have been, you know, written about uh, quite a bit. And like that kind of paints a picture of the uh, decade as being the sort of, you know, dark and angsty uh, time, you know, but I was a, 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 a teenager in the uh, late 90s. So like, you know, my perspective of like the decade was like, you know, ska and swing music and, you know, dudes with saxophones and like zoot suits and stuff. And it was like not at all, you know, Kurt Cobain being bummed out, although I do love Nirvana and I love all that stuff, too. But right. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to look at like that half of the uh, 90s and, you know, maybe you know, kind of look at the music, but also talk about kind of like why I think that it, it you know, got popular when it did. And as for my own Scott fandom, yeah, I, I, I had no idea what it was until uh, my last day of, of uh, middle school. This would have been like mm-hmm. August uh, 95, I guess. And yeah, yeah, we're all around the same age. I say yeah, 95. 95. Yeah. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I think it was like a, a field trip or something. So like, you know, we're all, all about to go on a bus and everyone's got their, uh, their Discman's and I probably had mm-hmm. like uh you know, Spin Doctor CD and maybe like, you know, the first couple <laughs> Green Day albums. Like I, like I sort of gotten into like, you know, like I, my, the older Green Day. So I was, you know, yeah, I, I was, I was, punk era. I, exactly. I was, you know, pretty punk rock uh-huh. at that time, as you can tell. But um, yeah, somebody just had like a stack of all these like, like uh, ska records. It was like, you know, Voodoo Glow Skulls uh-huh. and um, like Operation Ivy. And I was like, what is this stuff? I had no idea. Right. Um, it's like, you know, punk rock, but there's like some horns with it. And like, you know, they're wearing suits and stuff. Like what, like, what is this stuff? So uh, that whole summer, you know, before high school, I just, you know, this was like, you know, before the internet was like really a thing. So it was, it was like kind of hard to find stuff out, but 
I sort of mm-hmm. cobbled together like a sort of basic knowledge of what what you know ska music was, and then yeah, by the time high school started, I was I was pretty hardcore into it, and you know stayed into it pretty much for the next four years, and yeah, you know no. and, and until now, obviously too. But it was like my right. you know sort of thing for for a long time. Well, let me ask you this because I mean. As we all know, growing up, music is not just music. It's fashion, too. It's a lifestyle. So did you, like, have the whole ska get up? Did you buy a Yeah, the Rue Boy outfit I mean, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. To, 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 to uh, varying degrees of success. I mean, I, I, was, <laughs> I was in the suburbs outside of Hartford. Uh, so you just uh-huh. kind of, you know, which is not like a high fashion area per se. Uh, no sure. diss on, 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 on Hartford. But, yeah, we would go to, you know, thrift stores and, you know, try to find, mm-hmm. you know, suit jackets and, like, skinny ties and yeah, yeah. <laughs> like whatever kind of stuff we could find and uh oh, right yeah on. sometimes it would work out sometimes we would just look like i'm sure we just looked like uh like old like businessmen or something we had like bad like <laughs> like suits with like you know really wide lapels and stuff <laughs> and, like but you know pickers can't be choosers so we were you know yeah yeah i get. actually dated a guy in a ska band in high school oh really so, yeah, oh, wait, yeah yeah i want to hear about this for a second what uh, what was the band called <laughs> Now you bring it up, Stephanie. Now you gotta talk about it. Okay. Penile pepper smiles. Let's laugh for a minute. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that is a fantastic band name. That's um, amazing. They were ska and punk. So um it was it was pretty funny. Anyway, yeah. Um yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to stop there. They were they were popular, um, of course, with with, you know, with the, all the kids in school and stuff. So, yeah, but um, it, was, it was fun. Um, it, it really uh, dating someone in a ska band gave me the leeway to buy those black and white docks. I always wanted. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, the wingtips. The, uh, the wingtips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good looking shoe. I never had. I, that. Like, I had the boot. Dude. My friend had the like had the wingtip uh, docks, and I was I was I was sort of coveted those shoes. I would have stolen them from him, but they were not not my size. So. Not your size. Yeah. I, I was, was going to go back to the docks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good all-purpose. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. Awesome. 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 So, Ken, just thinking about your research process for the book, I know you did a lot of deep dives in addition to your fandom. What was kind of the most surprising thing that you found out while you're researching and writing the book and going through that process? I don't know. It's kind of hard to say because they were just, I mean, you know, I talked to like all these bands that, that, you know, that, um, I loved when I was like 17 or whatever. So it was like mm-hmm. all, all revelations. And it was like, not even things that my, to me, it's like, you know, mustard plug was like, you know, the Beatles to me or something when I was 17. So like to actually have, have like the dude on my phone. It was like, wow, it's like this band that I care. Yeah. You know, wow. Um, that's so cool. So yeah, there were like a lot of those. Um, I don't know the most, I don't know. Like there was part of it where I was I was I'm learning about about uh, Moon Ska Records, which was like the big um, like the big ska label here I'm here in New York City that kind of um, was like I'm, a, I'm a sort of behind the whole you know third wave uh, kind of taking off. They, like they were founded back in the '80s and they really like helped a lot mm-hmm. of bands and were just kind of like instrumental in uh, making ska in America be a thing. Um, I sort of learned in in I'm um, talking to uh, some folks that you know there was like an opportunity for them to to um, sign with a major label at one point, like like around '90. Uh, a five ninety six or something, um, mm-hmm. and and uh, they passed on it because it wasn't a great deal, and they, you know, kind of um, didn't want to bet this whole thing that they had like built up over the last like almost twenty years on on this major label, and if it didn't work out, it would have sort of tanked the whole label and like everything they built and all the goodwill, and so uh, they didn't do it, and um, it was you know probably for the best. I don't know because the the deal would have been with I believe uh, Mercury Records. And not long after that, there was a big like merger you know, between them and I think like Def Jam and everything got all shifted around. People 
you know, got like fired. And I'm not sure what, like what that would have actually meant for, you know, Moon Records if, you know, they had been on, on Mercury at that point. Um, but like as it happened, they, you know, stayed going until about uh, 2000 when like Scott just kind of like the bottom kind of fell out of it and, you know, they went bankrupt. But uh, yeah, they had a great run. I mean, you know, they were, you know, probably the most important, you know, label and, and you know, third wave Scott certainly, but like up there with, you know, uh, two tone records, which was like the, you know, sort of a second wave of Scott as they call it, or uh, that was interesting. See, this is awesome. I had no idea there was a first wave, second wave, and then a third wave. This oh, is so cool. Well, okay, should... so let's take, let, yeah, 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 let's take a step play. back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let, let's take a step back. So for folks on the line that don't know what ska music is, um, let us enlighten you. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not the SME, but ska for me, in my, <laughs> my definition, is basically um, fun music that has, you know, it's rock and roll. It's kind of like a rockabilly and it'll have sax in it. And it's just the, it, it's just like fun party music. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it well. Ken, you're more yeah, versed. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, actually, um, I'm from uh, Jamaica. Uh, that, that, that's, uh, that's where I was born in the sort of uh, late 50s and really? early 60s. Yeah, See? it was, it was uh, sort of like um, Jamaica's um, my first ever, you know, pop music that was kind of exported to the world. Like they had had yeah. uh, their own kind of folk music that was called uh, Mento uh, before that, which there's some, mm-hmm. some, uh, some uh, sort of uh, threads of that kind of carrying the sky a little bit. But, um, uh, you know, I would say that the main kind of like influence on, on the ska sound back in the uh, late 50s and, and early 60s was uh, a, a, a sort of more like American R&B. It was like, you know, Fats Domino mm-hmm. kind of stuff, because you know, songs were kind of played on the offbeat on, on the piano, the, you know, that kind of thing. And like, that's mm-hmm. what kind of uh, created like the kind of um, signature ska sound, which is like the sort of, you know, skanking uh, guitar sound, which um, mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, that plus the uh, drum sound of, uh, of ska is really what uh, sort of defines it. And it was, it was um, super big and in, in, I mean, at Jamaica for about, you know, four or five years, it was like exported all over the world. It was at like, the uh, 1964 World's uh, Fair here in uh, New York City. They had like a like a big ska like exhibition, um, but then it kind of went away because it um, it um, turned into uh, um, into a rock steady music, which which was like a little bit um, you know kind of more of a like a slow down version of 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 ska, and then and then uh, that became uh, reggae, which is like a little bit slower than uh, rock steady. So. Yeah, like you can think of ska as just kind of being like a, the grandfather to reggae, and it's like you know faster and like you know more upbeat, more horns. But yeah, yeah basically like the same kind of beat that you hear in, on like a Bob Marley record. And and uh, Bob Marley actually was a, a ska musician at first. Like a lot of the big reggae guys, you mm-hmm. know, go back to like the early '60s, and they were like, right. you know, they were like ska musicians, like you know, Toots and the Maytals, and like all, like all these people were like were ska before they were reggae, basically. That makes sense. Oh my god, I'm I'm enlightened. Literally, when <laughs> I think ska, I think Mighty Mighty Boston. It's like all of a sudden I put on MTV and there was these guys in suits yeah. talking about AIDS. And I'm like, oh, all right, it's the 90s. Yeah, um, so that's awesome. Okay, cool. Originally yeah, so it's sort of obviously, it's, it's yeah, awesome. it's, 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 I've definitely gone through a lot of permutations uh, since the first Jamaican. Like, you know, there are bands yeah. now that kind of play it in that kind of traditional Jamaican style. And then there's bands that do more of the ska punk thing. And, you know, during the kind of like what they call the, the uh, third wave in America, I would say that it was more the kind of ska punk stuff that got, you know, that got popular. Although there were some more, you know, of the, of, of the kind of trad bands that had like a national presence, but it was a lot of the kind of ska punk bands that kind of made it more like palatable to, you know, teenagers in America and things like that. Okay. So that was part of the third wave. So the ska that I associate is the third wave. That's, that's the third wave. Yeah. 
Okay. And the one cool. that we're skipping, the uh, the second wave was in the UK in the late seventies, which was mm-hmm. um, you know kind of brought about because um, you know there was like a pretty big a big uh, Jamaican population in the UK because it was mm-hmm. a, a former you know colony of the UK, and as soon as uh, Jamaica got its independence, you know the UK kind of like invited you know, a bunch of uh, Jamaican people to, to, to um, come to the UK because uh, they just gone through World War II and they'd been mm-hmm. kind of, you know, decimated and they needed more, you know, more people to come into work, frankly. So they were like, yeah. hey, like, you know, well, you Jamaicans, you know, come and you know, they obviously uh, treated them horribly and they, you know, did not like, like have a great life once they got to the UK, but, you know, they were there. So this, you know, there was like a long tradition of there being like, you know, West Indian music in the UK, like in London, there's mm-hmm. just like, you know, massive populations of, of uh, Jamaican folks. So like by the, like, um, by the um, second wave of the ska, what they call it, um, you had the sort of, you know, children of that first wave of uh, Jamaican immigrants, you know, kind of mixing it up mm-hmm. with like the punk rock kids that were like, you know, yeah. the kind of like white British kids. And uh, they started making all these all these bands that were kind of mixed race. So it'd be like, you know, black and white kids playing together and they mixed, you know, punk rock and rock and roll with you know, Jamaican music. And that's how you had bands like mm-hmm. uh, the Specials and Madness and uh, the English Beat. And that's what is thought of as the uh, second wave. And, and right. but those songs are like, you know, super political, like, you know, super like yes. anti-racist and like anti-capitalist. And it was kind of, you know, there was like a, a somewhat of like a, a, a political aspect to the first wave of ska, like you know, back in Jamaica, just because it was like around the time of the country getting its independence. So right. it was, you know, that was there. But with the uh, second wave, really, that was when it really became like hardcore political music and, you know, like mm-hmm. trying to, you know, fight against racism. And it was, yeah, it was cool. It was and it's great, nice. uh, great music. Yeah. Right on. I had no idea. English beat. Oh my God. I'm learning so much today. I'm like, all right, cool. And I love talking about music history. I always have. And just the context of music in a larger historical context. I think, you know, sometimes we meet people who think music and pop culture, it's just siloed over here, but it fits always into this larger historical context. And I nerd out about those kind of things. So yeah, love hearing yeah no, that's it. a good point. I mean, if yeah, no, it's true. I mean, if you think about it, like if, I mean, I guess like if not for, you know, World War II, uh, you know, this all might not have happened at some point. I, I don't know. It's, I mean, true. yeah, it's, it is kind of weird how you think about how like, you know, culture travels over, over, you know, boundaries. And, yeah. That's what's cool yeah. about Sky, I think, is because it is so like adaptable and, you know, so like it got a little bit more sort of punk rock in the, the UK, like had that kind of element mm-hmm. to it. But then like by the time it gets to the States, you know, bands like, uh, you know, bands like uh, Fishbone and stuff, they, they just like, you know, throw everything into the pot. So it's like metal and mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, rock and like funk and, you know, ska can be pretty much anything now, as long as it's got that kind of like, you know, skanking uh, guitar sound, you mixed in somewhere with it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And so in ska and swing off, you know, often get, you know, affiliated with each other. So I think about the nineties and I think about um, again, I'm always going to throw out Mighty Mighty Bossos. That's just, just like what I remember from Ska. I love and the Bossos, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then um, at that same time, the Stray Cats were uh, on the rise as well. And so I know folks can get the two genres um, mixed up, um, you know, because they have, they're kind of blended in a way, but not. Um, and that's something that you point out in your book too, Ken. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, well, they kind of, like, you know, rose to fame. I mean, they around the same time. I mean, they'd both been kind of going for a while. Like, you know, Scott in America had been, you know, since, you know, Two-Tone kind of took off in the UK. Like, it wasn't too long mm-hmm. after that that, like, Scott bands in America started popping up. And um, mm-hmm. the whole, like, you know, swing thing was, um, yeah, I think you know, Brian Tetzer, like you mentioned, who had you know, been in the Stray Cats in the 80s, had this, like, you know, big band that got, like, super popular in the uh, 90s, right. uh, the, um, the uh, Brian Tetzer Orchestra. Um, 
yeah, the whole swing thing was like a, I would say it's kind of like a parallel, you know, thing that was happening to Scott. Like, you know, there were some people that played in, you know, both, you know, kinds of bands, but it was this whole like West Coast, you know, people sort of like, you know, discovering old, you know, jump blues records and like, you know, Louis Jordan and things like that. Um, this kind of music of like the, um, you know, late forties uh, that kind of came before rock and roll, but still kind of had a lot of pep to it and, mm-hmm. you know, saxophones and stuff. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, kind of like, you know, San Francisco and, and uh, Los Angeles were sort of like the, like the two big places where, you know, swing culture kind of took off from like the uh, late 80s all through the uh, 90s um, until it, I guess, had its mainstream moment in, in, in like, you know, 98 was when you saw like Brian Setzer all over the radio and uh, Cherry Pop yeah. and Daddy's Heads Your Suit Riot and <laughs> yeah. uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, you know, they, they were really big too. So, yeah, I mean, it was like a separate, you know, thing, but I think there were like a lot of people who were, you know, fans of both of them. And it's just mm-hmm. on a kind of superficial level, they're kind of similar in that it's like horns, uh, right. you know, dancing, people in suits. So I think to like people who were just like maybe, <laughs> you know, not paying that close attention, it's like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, kind of the same thing. Like, you know, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and like, right. the tones are kind of the same in some ways. Yeah, exactly. So it just kind of all blended together just because of style, the fashion again that comes in. Big, yeah. Right. So, yeah. 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 Do you prefer one or one over the other? Uh, I mean, I was definitely more of a uh, ska kid back in the uh, yeah. 90s. Like, I had a lot of the swing records, but, um, yeah, there weren't as many, like, you know, swing bands. So, like, my, you know, I, I mean, I, I wasn't going to, like, you know, swing shows every weekend just because, sure. I mean, I don't think there were any in, in sort of uh, suburban Hartford. But, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, ska bands, there was, like, you know, 35 ska bands in my high school probably or something. It's like, yeah, get the trombone kid from the band and, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm definitely more of a ska person, but... Uh, I do, I do like the swing music a lot. And I, and I think yeah. both of them, you know, as I talk about in the book, I think this kind of late 90s, you know, period where like all the sort of like, you know, depressing stuff from the first half of the decade was kind of forgotten about for a while. And like, you know, the economy was going really well. And I just think that ska and swing were like, you know, kind of the right music for, you know, that time period of like, you know, the kind of late Clinton years and like, you know, the economy's booming and the dot-com bubble. And, you know, all, you know, there's kind of all sorts of bad things were like on the horizon that we just didn't foresee coming and, Right. (laughs) That's, you know, and Ken, that's exactly what I was thinking about, too, um, because you talked a little bit about in the book how this economic prosperity, optimism of the 90s really created this environment um, for Scott Flourish um, to become popular. And it's, you know, it's something I weirdly think about a lot because, again, like I'm a pop culture nerd. I always think about like the trajectory of these things and this prosperous period in the late 90s. It really just spawned a certain kind of art. In terms of pop culture, there was music and film and television. It was just this certain buoyant um, optimism to it. And I'd love to just like talk a little bit more about that because it's something I'm fascinated with. I just see it so much in this movement. Yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think um, I think uh, buoyant is a good word for it. I mean, you had like, you know, TRL and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just think of like wow. all the boy bands and I mean, even like the kind of like non-ska stuff that was on like alternative radio. It had gone from like Nirvana and Pearl Jam to like, you know, third eye blind or like, you know, smash mouth. Mm-hmm. It was just like, things were getting a little bit more sort of upbeat. Like, I think people had been like, okay, we've done the, you know, mopey thing for a while. And um, we need to be happy now. It was, time, <laughs> it, was, it was time for, you know, I'm not, I'm not dissing those bands again. Like, you know, no, I, love, I, I love Nirvana. They're like, you know, one of my favorite bands. But, well, um, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I just think people got gotten to a point where like, I don't know, it was just like time for a change. And, you know, Scott and Swing were just, you know, two of the things. I mean, there's like a lot, you know, there's like a lot of things going on in the uh, late 90s that were like popular for a minute. But I just think that they kind of had like a perfect, you know, kind of slot there to just, you know, get sort of popular for a little while. Yeah, I think about, you know, just that time, you know, late 90s. And I think about the the splash that, 
no doubt made. Now I know they're not a ska band, but they did have some type of uh, influences on a couple of songs. Yeah, yeah, they were a ska band correctly. at one point. Yeah, like they okay. had been around. Yeah, like um, they're kind of a weird story because you know they'd been around for almost you know ten years by the time they finally popped off. Like they formed uh-huh. in like you know I think it was like eighty five or eighty six or something. So okay, and you know Tragic Kingdom came out in 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 ninety five, I believe it was. So it's mm-hmm. like that's you know ten years basically. And yeah, they were like a pretty hardcore ska band when they like when they first started. But I think over time they you know took on new members and they kind of like evolved their sound as as bands often do. And yeah, there's still like elements of 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 you know ska on on Tragic Kingdom, but you know, by and yeah. large, the songs that were the big hits, by and large, like, you know, Don't Speak, obviously, is just sort of like a, like right. a power ballad. Um, I mean, it's a you know fantastic song, but not not ska, really. Um, yeah. So, folks, you need to go into the deep cuts into Tragic Kingdom, because outside of the uh, the radio play, you didn't you would never know that No, Do- no Doubt had some ska, um, was a ska band and, you know, has some you know influence in their music. So check it out. Yeah. Deep cuts. I think it's like, excuse me. Mr. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, right? That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> a is a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, on, on the song uh, Sunday Morning has, has sort of like a, a reggae feel yes. to it that is, uh, you know, kind of goes back to their Scott roots a little bit. But yeah, it's a great yeah. album no matter what. I mean, you know, I think, you know, this is like the time when, you know, people love to uh, get mad at bands for like signing with majors and like, oh, you're a mm-hmm. out and stuff like that. But I, th- right. I mean, I think I think Tragic Kingdom is actually a, a, a fantastic record and it, it's better than their first record, which is like, you know, when they were sort of more of a ska band on their first album. Yeah. Yeah. The songwriting had like really progressed and you had, you know, Gwen coming into her own as a songwriter. So uh, yeah, Tragic Kingdom all the way, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, That's awesome. So do you think that, you know, maybe you'll see a a comeback of ska, um, you know, hitting that popularity level it had in the late 90s? That's a good question. I mean, people have been talking about that, you know, kind of a lot lately because there's been kind of a resurgence of um, Mm -hmm. ska. Uh, There's like a lot of really uh, cool new bands that are kind of taking it to the the, uh, next level. I don't know if it'll ever kind of reach the same, you know, level just because like the world has really changed a lot since the late 90s. Like with, you know, the internet, I think things are more fragmented and, you know, back in those days, it was kind of more of like a monoculture and like, you know, there could be like a whole day about ska and like MTV. And then it was like, wow, that was a really big deal. But like now it wouldn't really matter that much. And so I don't know if it'll ever be like it's all over the radio, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing ever again. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's I'm definitely found a, you know, new audience among the, you know, Gen Z kids or uh, I don't even know what they call the kids. I guess it's like Gen Z, but or you know, yeah, 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 whatever. But, yeah, like there's this, yeah. What is it these days? I don't even know. Who even? Knows? I think it is Gen Z. I think you're. As right. long as they like ska, then I, like they can call themselves whatever they want. But uh, <laughs> like, like there's this band out of out of Philadelphia um, called a called a Cat Bite. Who like I would definitely recommend them to anyone who is like okay. oh, ska. Yeah, like they're absolutely fantastic. They kind of bring in like a power pop uh, kind of sound to it, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just I love that band. So I would you know, say if anybody wants to like check out any kind of new ska, check out uh, Catbite or uh, Bad Operation, who are out of uh, New Orleans. Uh, they're fantastic. Right yeah, I will. Thank you. I got. I, mean, I think you know stuff. You know, you got to tap into that if you haven't listened to those bands. So, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Oh, sure. Really appreciate kind of like hearing all of your Scott background, Ken, as you really are. You know, it's like you're a fan. You're also an expert. But just wanting to hear, like, what are some of your favorite just Scott related memories in the past, whether that's from teenage years or on? Because I just know it's been a backdrop for so much of your life. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um I mean, back when I was uh, in, I mean, in high school, it was like, that was just kind of like our thing to do on weekends. We would just, you know, go to see shows. So there's, you know, many memories that are kind of associated with that. But 
I know the one that kind of stands out is like after I got to college, actually, this is probably 2000, I would say um, I was up in Boston and I got I got a jury duty for some reason. <laughs> like I got called for jury oh. duty and I actually got picked for the jury, even though I was like, I was like, I'm a college kid. I got like finals coming up. Like, <laughs> like, we don't care. No, you're, the law. You're, you're on a jury. <laughs> right. For and real. I couldn't figure out how to get out of it. I was, you know, like, I, oh my God. I mean, if I were like a little bit smarter, I probably could have figured out a way to not have jury duty. But uh, nevertheless, there I was. So, you know, we were all in this room and we were kind of going around the room and just like, you know, saying like who we are and what we did. And there was this guy on the jury who had like written a book about, about uh, reggae music. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. Like, I got to talk to this guy next time there's like a you know, break in the action. So, yeah. we, so we sort of got to talking and it turned out that um, there was going to be a, a show that night in Boston with... Uh, with the uh, Scatolites, who are like the like original Jamaican band, who are sort of credited with kind of like inventing ska. It's like it had been there before. These guys actually formed up as as the Scatolites, and and I think mm-hmm. it was that like nineteen sixty four, I believe it was. You know, like all these guys had like kind of played on different records. They were like the best of the best in terms of like Jamaica's uh, session players kind of thing. And uh, they came together and made this band, the Scatolites. And, well, you know, they're just, it's, you know, sort of fantastic music. I mean, I, I would say like for anyone who has like not heard ska, like at all, you know, start with the Scatolites maybe and like, you know, kind of like hear what it's actually supposed to sound like and then, you know, check out the, the kind of mutations of it. But yeah, so anyway, so the guy was like, yeah, like the... Uh, the uh, Scatlights are in town, you know, tonight at like the House of Blues. And I was like, oh, I'm, you know, 20. I'm not, I'm not 21. And he's like, he's like you know, don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. He's like, you know, come with me to the show as my special guest. And Amazing. like, you can meet the band. So I, was, I get to meet the Scatlights. Yeah. 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 So like, Good I got God. to go, I got to go backstage. I got to meet the Scatlights. That's you know, cool. I had a red stripe. I wasn't even 21 yet, but I got to have a red stripe. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was a red stripe too, right? Oh my yeah, God, I mean, he's got a red stripe keychain. Great Jamaican beer. <laughs> I mean, I figured, you know, like, well, I don't know. I was, I was 20 years old. What do you want? But I was like, yeah, yeah, give me a red stripe. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, they were all super nice. We were, you know, we were talking about jury duty and just, you know, these like old, <laughs> old uh, Jamaican dudes who like by that point they were, you know, probably like in their, you know, 60s or 70s, but they were, you know, super sweet guys. And then, you know, they played an amazing set. It was just absolutely, you know, fantastic to see it. And so, yeah, kind of weirdly, my like best Scott memory probably has to do has to do with jury duty. <laughs> um. Oh my God, that's fucking phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah, there's like, a. He's uh, like the granddaddy. That's badass. <laughs> like, oh my god. Wow. Well, there's like a lesson here that like if you get called for jury duty, like you should go because you never know who might. <laughs> Like who could be on your jury? You know, it could be. You know, you might make a friend for life. Although I, I didn't make a friend for life in this case, but I, I had a fantastic night that I would not have had had ordinarily. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god, I've got called in for jury duty once, and I wasn't picked. And oh my god, but I had to wait the entire day. Oh no. For yeah. them to tell me, oh no, you're not, you're not needed. But here's your fifteen dollars. <laughs> have a nice day or whatever. You, know, you didn't get to meet a cool band at all. Yeah. No, I didn't get any of that. Oh, man. Um, I'm so I sorry. Just, I just got. <laughs> it was Valentine's Day. It was raining. Oh, it was all geez. lame. And <laughs> oh, Kenya, I'm sorry. That's, 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 really cool. Cool. that's terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, mine, mine was real shitty. But anyway, that's so awesome. So the Scatolites. All right. Yeah. I definitely yeah, check out the Scatolites. They're, I mean, okay. 
um, yeah, these were like, you know, top flight, you know, jazz musicians in uh, Jamaica who just kind of picked up this rhythm and just ran with it and kind of created this whole, you know, beautiful kind of music that, like, as I said, has been, you know, mutating like ever since really in right. kind of like weird, interesting ways. But yeah, that's the foundation of it is sort of these, like these core, uh, you know, guys out of Kingston who were just, yeah, they were just like amazing musicians and it's, yeah. Awesome. 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 So anything else you'd like to add, um, just in general about your book, maybe the promotion, any, you know, anything in particular you would want to throw out there, Ken? No, just that I guess I'm, I'm excited for uh, people to read it. I mean, it's been a long time coming and, uh, you know, it's a time period that I guess, you know, holds a lot of, you know, special memories for me. And I guess for, you know, for lots of other people who are, you know, our age in the, in the late nineties, I hope they'll, Mm -hmm. you know, go back and, uh, you know, it, it kind of talks about all the all the big ska bands all the big swing bands so i mean if you i mean it's um cool for people that were like hardcore fans but i think even if you were just like i had i had a brian setzer orchestra cd like that's cool like you might like that part of the book or uh you know big bad daddy or uh you know cherry pop and daddies or something you know like all all that's in there so it's uh you know it's like a real time capsule i think of uh of those years so i just want to say thank you ken for joining us today this is thank you so much for having me it's this is awesome And we've learned a lot and we've heard some mm-hmm. amazing stories that I've loved this. Talk tuners again. The book is called Hell of a Hat, The Rise of 90s Sky and Swing. That's released by Penn State University Press. It's going to be out September 21st. Uh, you can pre-order it today. I encourage you to do that again. Summer music reading. We're here to make some recommendations. We recommend this one. Yeah, absolutely. Enlighten yourselves. I know <laughs> I'm going to enlighten myself because I'm over the mighty, mighty Boston's. I want to listen to the Scatalines. No, no, so the Boston's are great. The Boston's are great. <laughs> That was like my intro, but yeah, now, yeah. I mean, no, you've yeah. blown my mind, Ken. Like I had no idea that ska originated in Jamaica. I feel like such yeah. a dumbass. No, of course no, it did. Not, not a dumbass, not a dumbass, but uh, <laughs> no, that's what's cool about it. Like, you know, the Bostons awesome. are cool and the Scatolites are cool. Uh, there's room for all of it. So uh, Yes, there is, there is, there is. And the Voodoo Glow Skulls. I do enjoy oh, that. Oh, yeah. Aren't, aren't they from Texas? Am I making that up? No, they're from, they're from uh, Southern California. California. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's another side story. All right. Well, um, no, I'm super excited. Thank you so much, Ken, for coming on. Let me just go ahead and echo that sentiment. And, um, and for all the talk tuners out there, um, I hope you enjoyed this episode, um, and learn a little bit something new, or maybe even gain some more knowledge on an awesome music genre that, um, hopefully will come back, you know, in full force because it should, it's fun. It's great. It's creative. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you for listening. So, um, and for those talk tuners that have left reviews for us, thank you so much. So ninth episode here and, um, you know, we're just, uh, we're happy that you're listening and please feel free to drop, you know, a review on Apple podcasts or, you know, wherever you can to help us with visibility. We appreciate it. And remember to reach us, uh, reach out to us on the socials. That is Stephanie and Stephanie talk tunes. And we thank you again, Ken. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys. This was, yeah, it was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. We will talk to you guys later. Thanks again. Bueno, bye. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 